The H&H Hour podcast is sponsored by two great businesses today. First, we have beauty counter and consultant Rosie Boone. Then we have Pure Bliss Hair Studio and Day Spa in Peoria, Illinois. We've been told there are people that drive from over two hours to come to this day spa. So definitely stay tuned through the end of our podcast, Heidi, because we have an awesome offer from them for people who've never been there before for first time clients. So you're going to want to listen and find out how you can take advantage of that offer. Hello, H&H listeners. We're so happy to have you with us on this April episode. My name is Heather Taves, and this is my sister and my beloved co-host, Heidi Bolt. Hello, H&H listeners. We love you. We're glad to be back with you. We hope you're having a great day. You know, Heidi, I realized the other day that every time I say that, this is my sister and my co-host. You know, we may not always co-host a podcast together, but you will always (laughs) be my sister. Yeah. That is a title that will never go away. Yeah. It's, it's a title I'm really, really blessed to have. Yes. I know not everyone has the kind of friendship that we get to have, so I really value it. And I, I think it's so important that we recognize that we don't take it for granted because we have so many friends in our lives who would love to have that sister relationship yeah. like you and I have. And I'm just so grateful that God yeah. has given us this and we truly see it as a gift yeah. and um, would pray that everyone would be able to experience the kind of friendship that you and I have. Okay, so this is not today's topic, but I feel like I've got to speak into it. Okay. Um, I I see so many people around me that do have the opportunity to Mm. have great, deep friendships with their siblings, and they don't. Mm. Um, And they're even doing life together in so many ways. So I think that if if you find yourself in close proximity to your siblings and you're not having good relationships with them, start cultivating that. Because mm. um, you do have the power That's true. to start creating friendships, even if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s yeah. and that friendship's not there, start pouring into it and loving those people that are right in front of you. I tell my boys, my, my daughter too, but she's not quite old enough to get it, but I tell them all the time, God made you siblings. Yeah so that you could be best friends. Yeah, that's so good. And I love when they repeat that to each other. Wilder, our three-year-old, said it to our one-year-old. He said, Collins, God made me your brother, and I'm your best friend. Oh. And I love that the, he gets that, Yeah, you know, at such a young age. Yeah, but you're right. It's a choice. Yeah. And it takes work. Mm-hmm. Um, we have great relationships with our siblings, but it has not yeah. come um, easily. No. It has not come without pain right. and right. Um, fighting for those relationships. Right. And so we we do value them. And we like jumped into the deep end. We did. From we, the very beginning. We kind of do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're new to this podcast, this is the H&H Hour. And H&H stand for Heather and Heidi. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just love to highlight that ordinary is extraordinary. We have very ordinary lives in terms of what our day looked like. I mean, we both have children and tons of laundry. And I have no food in my cabinets right now. I desperately need to go to the grocery store or order online. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we go through all of the same ordinary things that all of you listeners go through, pain and suffering and joy and fun things and birthday parties and sleepovers and all of that (laughs) stuff. Um, But the, the beauty is that we have begun to recognize that those ordinary things are extraordinary gifts that yeah. God has given us when we start to view them that way, when we start to view them through that lens. So this is just a chat about that. Yeah. And so we do chat when it's just Heather and myself, and then we invite guests onto the podcast to hear their stories. And we love those. We love our guests. We've got some really great ones coming up that we're going to be recording, and I'm excited about that. So... Um, so Heather, I have to tell you about something that happened in my week last week. Okay. Um, so you all know that we moved. Yes. And so we're in that settling into our new routine, settling into our new space. The boys went from having their own bedrooms and us making an intentional decision to have them be in the same bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, to in build. your new house? Yep. Okay. Um, there was enough bedrooms for everyone to have their own space, but we wanted them to start cultivating that deeper friendship okay. as a three and six year old brother. Yeah, I and mean, that's um, that's a that's a just going back to what we started. Like that's an intentional decision that you made because right. you want them to value right their friendship with each other. Right, and I don't want I don't want to allow them to sit in a culture that thinks we are all entitled to our own space and mm. our own things and yeah. bigger and better all of the time. Yeah. I want them to grow up knowing 
hey man, whatever God's given us, this is something we share with our family. We share with others. We open our hearts and our homes and generosity. Yeah. So, um, so that was a transition for them, um, to be in the same room now. And so they've got this cute little fort bunk bed and, um, it's interesting because their mattresses are twin mattresses now, but they still sleep together up in the top bed (laughs) most nights. Um, so and can I can I just add something in there yes. which just blesses my heart? Yes. So our listeners know this. <laughs> our your son Crosley, yeah. who's six, mm-hmm. and my daughter Juliet, who's eight, they are BFFs. Hardcore. Like, you, you could not find They're a famous duo. Hundred <laughs> percent. You could yeah. not find better, a sweeter, better friendship than those it's two. So sweet. Um today he was over here and I I mean, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast. My husband is going to be mortified by this. <laughs> I just think he is just preparing him for, for husband. Absolutely. Being a husband. Yeah. Crosley did her makeup. <laughs> I know. So when I got here tonight, because we're up in your studio, and I said, oh, Jules, your makeup looks so pretty. And she said, Cros did it. <laughs> I know. But you know what I love about it is that they value each other's gifts. Yeah. Like they and interests. So Jules will go out and play stuff with him that yeah. she doesn't really get, you know, boy <laughs> things. And then he'll do her makeup. That is pretty sweet. I mean, that's so beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful picture of yeah. what Christ does for us. And yeah. like just loving us yeah. and, and noticing investing us. in us and noticing yeah. us. So, yeah. Okay. I so all of that to say is that Cross was very intentional about his bedroom because he needed a couch yes. in his bedroom so that when Jewel stayed all night, yeah. they, she would, she have, would a have a space. Yeah. To stay all night. Yeah. We, there was this whole debate because it's a smaller bedroom than yeah. what we moved out of for him. Right. And so we had this whole conversation about, well, you know, you could either have this extra play space in your room for Lego building and whatever, or we could maybe put a couch in there because we do have this couch that would fit. And it's kind of a small, like Ikea couch. Yeah. And he's like, oh, mom, we definitely have to put that in there. Like, no question. Yeah. I, I said, okay, what what are you thinking? And he's like, well, when Jules spends the night, yeah. she is going to need a place to stay. Yeah, He's like, well, she'll probably sleep in the bunk with me. But he's like, when she starts to get bigger and I start to get bigger and we don't both fit in the bunk, oh, she's going to have goodness. to have a couch. So we did. We had our first sleepover mm-hmm. and she slept on the couch and it was like this whole cute little yeah. sweet thing that they were he both really proud out. about. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So that's been fun to just see them mesh into their space. You know, in our old house, Wilder would always say like, can I sleep in Crosley's room? As a special treat. And now just to hear him transition into calling it their room. Their room. Like the boys' room. Mm-hmm. Um, so the and, other day. And on. I remember before you launch into that story, I remember growing up and all of us kids sharing a room when we were little. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have – well, mom and dad's bedroom was upstairs. Yeah. And then there was one more bedroom upstairs. There was right. a huge bedroom. Right. And like four or five of us slept in yeah. the same room because we weren't old enough yet to sleep on the lower level without yeah. mom and dad. You know, I wouldn't either as a parent, wouldn't have one of my kids downstairs right. by themselves. Um, and there was a time when you and I then at a certain age <laughs> moved downstairs yes. and it was such a big deal. But I remember us all sleeping up there and yeah. like just the best times of yeah. laying there after dad had read us, you know, Bible story and tucked us in and prayed for us and just giggling, giggling and yeah. talking and playing yeah. teenagers. And yeah. and it was interesting as I think back because there was a, ba- a crib. There was. So a there was baby. a baby in the room. Yeah. There was a double bed. So there was, you know, kids in the, there yep. was single beds. So yep. there was a lot going on. I think at one point there were five of us in that bedroom. Yeah. You and I in a double bed and then two of our brothers and then the baby in yeah. the crib. That's, yeah. that's a lot. But what, I mean, no wonder we're so close now. Right. Well, and kudos to our parents. I mean, yeah. they really did a good job of just cultivating those friendships for us. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, again, going back to what we started with, there are so many people that don't get to have that. Yeah. And I do think, really, it is because mom and dad yes. were intentional with yes. it and purposefully set it up so yes. that we would be friends. Right. So Okay, um, so your story about... Yeah. So whatever. anyway, so as we're settling and getting used to our new space and our new rhythms and routines, um, it came upon nap time the other, the other day. And in our old house, Wilder would go down just golden. Not a peep, not a worry, not a concern. Yeah, a great sleeper. And now it's been a struggle. Like every day he wants me to sleep with him, which when you've got two little ones at nap, that's your only productive time. Yep. And some days that's our only school time without yep. the little kids. Yeah. And so nap time is really important for me to be able to be productive and 
you know, get housework done or dinner started or school, you know, school done or whatever with Crosley. And so, um, Wilder started to have a massive meltdown, um, like epic Mm -hmm. meltdown and the kind that you, as a mom, you can't turn your head and look the other way and pretend it's not happening Mm -hmm. because it's so hardcore. Like you have to deal. You have to deal. Um, 99 minutes. I counted. I know this because it was hard. It was bad. Yeah. Um, Where you just wanted to go like crawl in a hole and. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wanted to just cry with him. It was so hard. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we had to work through it. And when he finally fell asleep, there, you know, just that the parenting moment was so hard and so stressful. He finally fell asleep. And then I, I took a photo of him and he's like a hot mess. But um, I posted about it on Instagram the next the yeah. next day. Yeah. And one of our sweet listeners, she actually reached out and said, can you do an episode mm. about parenting? Because I want to hear more about this. Um, but what she quoted me and she said, um, one thing that I said on that Instagram post, I just said, you know, love your kids enough to not let them rule your world mm. and get their own willful way all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's something that all of us have to be super intentional about mm-hmm. because it is so easy. Mm-hmm. Like a, a little silly example, you know, when we're getting dinner out for our kids or lunch, yeah. like I want the pink cup yeah, and I've already poured it in the blue cup. Right. It's like, no, sweetie, the blue cup is what mommy already poured it in. I'm not going to switch it to the pink cup. Yes. Now the, the peacemaker in me is right. so, so, so tempted to go like, oh, let me just throw put this in the pink cup and just throw this in the dishwasher so that they don't melt down. Because then you don't have a fight. Because then it's not a, a, yeah. a fight. Yeah. But that's just teaching them that life's all about them. That they get their way. And that they yep. get their willful way right. for any, that's right. anything. That's right. And so that's one thing that we're trying to avoid. And I'll be honest, I'm not perfect at it. There are times that I think my husband is better at it than mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he tends to be a little bit more... Um, authoritarian, uh-huh. if you will, than I right. am. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be a little bit more of a free spirit. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, like I want to sing and dance along the way. And he's yeah. a little bit more like it's bedtime. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, and and I, I get that. I yeah. totally get that. Because yeah. there are nights that I'm like, let's not mess around. Yeah. Um, so I think there's such a balance mm-hmm. in having that creative side and that right. fun side, but also going, hey, no, mom's the authority here. You know, if you were in a classroom right now asking mm-hmm. for a blue pencil instead of a red one, mm-hmm. the teacher's not going to hand out 27 blue pencils to right. everyone's women right. will. So I just think that is such an important topic to talk about. And I want to talk about that with you today. And Yeah, I love that. Uh, it boils down to who rules the roost in your yeah, family. That's right. Who's in charge. Yeah. And as your God-given responsibility, you as the parent are. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that your child doesn't have a voice. And it doesn't mean that everything has to be this really strict dictator, disciplinary, and tight run ship where if they don't do it your way, they're doing push-ups all the time and (laughs) getting, you know, getting blasted. (laughs) But it's about establishing from a very young age. And I'm talking like months old oh yeah when there i remember mom saying at nine months her children started to exert their will to the point where they needed discipline of some sort yeah. you know where yeah. just reprimanded and, yeah. and being taught that their will does not necessarily get them their way because i guarantee you when they get to be in school mm-hmm. well let's go further when they get past college and they get into the workforce and they've got a boss that boss is not going to give them their way no. That boss may fire them if yeah. they throw a big enough fit about demanding their way. Right. And so if you as a parent have not established that at a very young age, mm-hmm. months old, um, your child is already behind behind in the ballgame. Well, it does your child, it does our children a disservice yes. if we parents don't take the responsibility that God gave us and and value it yes and really see it as a high calling yes and you know he says that you will train your children as you walk along the way meaning all day long yeah every single day pouring juice into cups that's right and it's a training moment to say like hey honey you know this blue cup is what mommy put your juice in and it's what you're going to use right now and it still does the exact same thing as the pink cup that's right and it and it doesn't it, it really allows them to learn that Things are superficial yeah. and don't matter as much as their character. And that mommy is not their slave. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. we would we we have this idea when we're out being served by others, like 
we don't treat our server at the restaurant as if he or she are our slave. Yeah. They are someone that we are to value. Yes. They're there coming alongside us in that dinner experience. Yes. They're not our slave. Right. They just happen to be bringing us our drinks. Right. And right. helping serve us yeah. during that meal. So I, I think just reminding them to, yep, I'm your mom. And uh-huh. yes, I'm making your lunch, uh-huh. but I am not your slave. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it, and it is, it's the same idea of, goes, I think, through all seasons of parenting. I've got kids now that are a little bit older than yours, and we still deal with the same kinds of, like, we've established that when they were little, and it was about, you know, throwing fits and getting their way about colors of cups and temper tantrums about that. But, you know, even just in the last few weeks, I've noticed with my kids this, we're nearing the end of school. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of like ready to be done. You know, it's like we're a little bored of the subjects, you know, and I'm tending to kind of let them manipulate me a little Mm. bit by Maybe like manipulating how we do something cutting in corners school or cutting corners. Yes. Yeah. And, and the other day I was like, no, mm-hmm. what am I doing right now? Mm-hmm. I am the teacher. I am the boss. Mm-hmm. If we don't do this correctly, we're going to have to do it over again. That's and I right. kind of had to lay down the law and say like, I, I am the boss yeah. in this and, and don't try to manipulate me. Yeah. You do what I say you do, mm-hmm. or we'll have to redo this lesson. Yeah. We'll have to learn it all over again. And so I think that whole concept is just it's a continual learning and yeah. reminder of who the authority is yeah um teaching them to respect authority mm. that never goes away i mean mm. heidi i can tell you from years of having led people and encouraged people and empowered people it shows up very quickly when yeah. people do not know how to come under authority yeah um god-given authority yeah well, it in, it influences every part of your life. Yeah. And so, and I think going back to what you said about the boss, you know, if we haven't taught our children to respect authority and to accept mm-hmm. reprimand correction mm-hmm. in a constructive way, mm-hmm. um, like you said, that boss may fire them, but also that boss is maybe not going to love them through the teaching moment. Yeah, that's right. It you may know, be harsh. We, it may be harsh. Yeah. And, you know, if you picture your child in that, 20 some year old new yeah. job position. Do you really want them to feel humiliated yeah. by a, an authority in their life that they should already know right. how to respect, how to act in a adult manner? Yeah. Um, cause really what happens is if they're not prepared for that, it, it's on us. Yeah. You know, That's we have right. to look in the mirror and go, Oh, I didn't teach them right. this. Right. I gave in yeah. when they were little, when yeah. they didn't want to go to bed and they threw a fit about putting themselves to sleep. I gave in over and over and yeah. over. And so now as a 20 year old, they're reaping the consequences yes. of my failure yes. as a parent. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say children have their own will. And as they grow into adults, they may make decisions that differ from the way you've parented Absolutely. them. And that's, that's kind of a different conversation. Yeah. But what we're talking about now is the early years of establishing that respect for authority. Because here's the thing, Hyde. If they learn to respect their parents' authority and stay under the authority of their parents, they will also learn to stay under God's authority. Yeah. And really, what's what's the most important? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you what desire for your children <laughs> is to be under God's authority right. and to follow him with their lives. Right. And if they if they aren't seeing that modeled um in their home, yeah. you know, in the way you're training them, teaching them, it's a good it's a good bet that they're gonna veer off yeah. course when it comes to their spiritual authority as well. That's good head. Okay. So I want to really differentiate between that authority. It's done in love. Yes. And that dictatorship. Yes. You know, it's not, it's, it's not that I love what Colossians 321 says, Heather, it says fathers. And I would add mm. to this mothers, mothers too. Yes. Parents. But it says fathers do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Mm-hmm. And then Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that parenting is no joke, right, Heather. It's hard work. Yeah. If you're going to do it well, even if you're not going to do it well, it's hard work. Yeah. But it reminds me on those days where you're just like, I don't have the energy yeah. to keep at this well. Yeah. Um, or you're and just you, angry. Yes. You know that emoji where it's like the yeah, red the face. The red face. Yes. Like, I'm so angry right yes. now. Yeah. But I mean, God's word addresses that. And yeah. it says, fathers, don't embitter your children. Yeah. You know, they will become discouraged. Yeah. I love the version that says provoke. Yes. Like, don't provoke yes. your children. Yeah. And I just think, I heard this 
unbelievable podcast that literally broke my heart the other day. Yeah. I was had just gotten dressed, was putting on a face of makeup because we were going out that night with our whole team. And I'm listening to this podcast, sobbing my makeup off. And I'll give you the super brief version, but this little boy, he was a, he's a man now and he's a, a preacher and a speaker and a teacher. And he was talking about his growing up years mm. and he had, I think he said three brothers and a sister. So he was one of five or six kids. And um, for whatever reason, his dad decided when he was born that he hated him. And so he literally, for the first 15 years of his life, was forced to live in his bedroom away from the family. The family would live in the main family living space, and he was forced to live his life in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. And he talked about that, and Heather, it just wrecked my heart because Mm -hmm. I was picturing what if that was one of my children, mm-hmm. you know, and you listeners, like, what if that was one of your children mm-hmm. who had experienced such heartache and such loss and such um, lack of love? And he talked about how on his birthdays, mm-hmm. his dad would bring him down from his bedroom and he would have birthday presents set out on the floor and he would say, here's your birthday presents. And then he would pull a hammer out from behind his back and he would smash all of his birthday gifts. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas morning, he would give the siblings, his siblings, Christmas gifts. What in the world? And he would say to this little boy, he would say, if you're good, you'll get your gifts in a few days. Mm. And it would be into January and he would still not have received his gifts. And as a little boy, Heath, mm. he would take him into the yard and he would put all of his the gifts in the yard and he would pour gasoline on them and set them on fire in front of this little boy. And... I just thought, man, like these verses make me think of that. Now that is an extreme example of provoking your children to anger, of causing them to be discouraged. But I do think that we all, we do that to our kids at times when we have the ability to give them the leadership of Jesus and the training of Jesus and the encouragement of God's word, but we choose to go negative. We choose to go like, why aren't you getting this? I've already taught you this. You know, and we go into that. Here I am, 35 years old, expecting my three-year-old to know what I know. Right. I love this um, definition of provoke. is to stimulate or give rise to a reactionary emotion, typically a strong or unwelcome one in mm. someone. Um, like to kindle. I think about like a fire. When you kindle a fire, you poke at it, yeah. right? You make the fire hotter because you, you poke around at the at the um the embers the embers yeah. yeah that are burning underneath there and that makes me really think of parenting our children differently yeah knowing what their buttons are yeah knowing what provokes them knowing how to instead of when there's a fire that has started whether it's a fight or a disciplinary thing or something that you're calling your child out on that they need some the, some guidance on and maybe it sparks something in them okay so that fire is sparked yeah and then you having the discernment to be able to parent that child not based on a parenting book not based on your parenting idea but based on that particular yeah. child and knowing what's going to kindle that fire yeah. or what's going to be like water to Quench put it. out that yeah. fire yeah. to teach them to love them through it yeah. and i know for us like we have two delightful children, but Mm -hmm. very different children. Yeah. And we have to, we have had to learn to parent them differently. Yeah. Our son requires a very different set of, um, tone and emotion and disciplinary Mm -hmm. actions Mm -hmm. than our daughter does because they're different people. And, and birth order can, like, he's your firstborn. Yep. She's your secondborn and your baby. Yep. We have a rule follower and we have a free spirit. And I think God is that way with us too. Like he doesn't discipline us all Mm -hmm. the same way. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even show us his love all the same way. He shows us different because we're, we're each individual and, and our children are no different. Mm -hmm. So Taking the time to understand your children, Mm -hmm. to get to know their personalities. And here's, this is, I think, maybe one of the most profound things that I've, anyone has ever taught me about parenting. Um, Learning your child's personality. Mm -hmm. Taking time to learn who they are. Mm -hmm. Like, study them. Yeah. Study them, and then you will be able to parent them the way that they really receive it. Well, because God intended us as their parent to be their expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, someone said that to me when our son Crosley was an infant and he was in the hospital. I was in a room surrounded by multiple surgeons, multiple medical staff. And one of them looked at me and said, what do you want us to do? You're the expert yeah. here. Yeah. And I was so taken back. I thought, 
okay, wow, you're right. I, I am the yeah. expert because I'm his mom. Yeah, I carried right. him. Yeah. So I know him unlike anyone else. Yeah. And so um, I just think to remember God intended yeah. for us to be their expert. And that means yeah. I love what you said about study them. Because yeah. anyone that would go to try and get a, a degree in any sort of field mm-hmm is going to study, study it yeah, and pour right. time and yes. effort and research and find out yeah. into it. Yeah. So. I know with our son, with our son, Bennett, he is, he likes rules. Mm. He, he will follow the rules. He needs to know the boundaries. He needs to know exactly what's expected of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have had to learn how to communicate with him that way. Yeah. Okay. Which is very easy because mm-hmm. Chris and I are both firstborns. We're both the same, the same way. Type A, rule followers, yeah. everything's black and white. Um, and then Juliet is like, the world is a rainbow <laughs> and <laughs> rules are meant to be interpreted, interpreted <laughs> and danced through. Yeah. And she often says to me, but why? Mm-hmm. But I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But why? But and I why? can relate to Jules because I'm yes. a middle child. Yes. Third born middle. But you know what yeah. Jules has taught me yeah. is that life is meant to be danced through. Yeah. Like not everything has to be this hard set, fast yeah. rule to be followed. Yeah. yeah. Rules are important. But so I have learned and she has taught me so much about yeah life and loving life and joy mm-hmm. and learning how to communicate with her and and appreciate yeah. the way she views life. Yeah. But I've had to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I have actually had to adjust my perspective mm-hmm. in order to parent her. Not um not change who I am and right. not change the fact that I'm the authority, right. but learn to look at it from the way maybe she views the world. Mm, that's good, Heather. That's really good advice. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Let's talk about one, I would say probably the most, um, probably every single parent that has ever walked this planet struggles with these two things, okay. worry and fear mm, Yeah, for your kids specifically, Yeah, yeah. you know, worrying about their safety, worrying about their health, being fearful that something may happen to them. Yeah. Um, God's word talks about this a lot. Um, and we also had an outstanding message at church today. Oh, it was so good. It wasn't about parenting, but it made me think about parenting. Um, when our, our friend, her, her name is Rochelle, she was preaching and she talked about how um, God sets a, this beautiful table for us yeah. to come and to take a seat at and to be filled with his presence and filled with his spirit. But on the flip side... The enemy also sets tables. Yeah. And, and she said, you know, God sets this one divine table for us. The enemy might set a hundred tables for us to try and distract us yeah. and get us to sit at his tables. Yeah. And she said, some of those tables are things like worry and fear. And so often we take that chair and we pull a chair up to that table and we sit and we feast yes. at that table. Yes. And I, I would have to admit that <laughs> yeah. I have struggled with worry and fear. Yeah, me too. Um, it started way back when we lost our first two children. Mm. And then I was pregnant with our third, who's our firstborn on earth, Crosley, and just having to every single day overcome that overwhelming fear of, am I going to lose this child? Am I going to have, you know, am I going to walk through that worry and that fear again yeah. and that heartache? And um, But God's yeah. word addresses this. It says in Matthew 6, um, 34, I'm going to read 33 also, but... Um, It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That makes me think of the table, Heather. Mm. Seek first God's table. Go and feast at his table. Feast at his table. And it says, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Mm. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. And, you know, that's not a specific verse about parenting, but it does talk Mm -hmm. about the fact that I think in parenting, we can really get in that trap Mm -hmm. of worrying so much that something bad might happen, being yep. so consumed with fear yep. that we miss the joy. Yeah. We miss the moments that aren't full of fear, right. that aren't full of worry. That's right. And so have you struggled with that, Heather, that fear and worry with your kiddos? Oh my goodness, constantly. I mean, I think it is it is something that Satan is constantly trying to use to get me to stop trusting God. Yeah. And I, I have, it's, sort of relates to this a, a while ago. I really don't like to fly that much, which is mm-hmm. hilarious because my family travels quite a bit. <laughs> it's funny. And I've had to overcome that. And and I had this conviction one time on a plane yeah. where God said to me, do you really trust me with your life? Yeah. Do you really think that I am in control? Like you say that you do. Yeah. 
then quit worrying about being in an airplane. And I've had to tell myself that with my kids because, you know, it's this evening my son had a headache. He was Mm -hmm. complaining about a headache. And, of course, Mm -hmm. my first thought is, oh, my goodness, he has a tumor behind his eye. Mm. You know, and don't mm-hmm. we do that? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's something that happens and it's just this little headache mm-hmm. that he probably, probably didn't got have from... enough water. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, well, after I rebuked that thought right. about the tumor behind his mm-hmm. eye, I went, go drink some water and no more screens. Yeah. You know, like there's probably a very simple solution to it, but it's so easy to just instantly go to that worst case scenario yeah. and live in that space and and, you know, I often think like, well, what if this is wrong with my child? Well, what if this is wrong with my child? Yeah. And I have two perfectly healthy children. Mm-hmm. So instead of rejoicing in the fact that today my children are healthy mm-hmm. and alive and here with me and being in that moment mm-hmm. and not worrying about what tomorrow brings. That's because right. you know what? Whatever tomorrow brings, I know God is in control. Yes. And I trust him and he will help me through it even if it is the worst thing that I've ever yes. gone through. Yeah. Well, and... His word says, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Yeah, that's right. For his compassion yeah. never fails. Yeah. And they're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Yeah, but we choose to go sit at that table. Yeah. We choose to go sit at the table, take a seat at the table of worry or fear. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that image of us walking up to the table and then going, oh, no, this Satan, is, no. I saw you kick that chair out, but I am not sitting down That's there. Right. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to walk back yeah. to the table of God's promises. Yeah. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to feast yeah. there at that table. I would really recommend, we don't often do this, but I would really recommend yeah. this week, um, that podcast will probably drop on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Go and listen. It's church. 214.org. Yeah. Um, go listen to that podcast because I do think it's so applicable to everyone it, in any was, season of life. It was so powerful. It's mm-hmm. called The Table, mm-hmm. and the preacher's name under it will be Rochelle Smith. Mm-hmm. And it was just so powerful. I, I mean, I know I'm going to really use that in my own life over and over and over and over again. Well, I, I love, even as we're talking about kids, I love the visual concept for children mm-hmm. to get that. And I'm going to use it this week in school uh-huh. with Crosley to talk, yeah. to have an, in our school room, we have an actual table and I'm going to use that and put little tent cards up that teach him, you know, when you come upon this table in life, mm-hmm. like be aware of what, is it a distraction yes. from the enemy or yes. is this the table of Jesus yes. that we are supposed to take time to sit at and to be under his teaching and his leadership. So That's so good. Oh, I love that so much. And I know this is something that every parent struggles with. Worry and fear is such a tactic of Satan. Yeah. And it is, it's so easy to fall into it because we love our children so deeply and we, you know, we don't want them to be harmed and we don't want to have to walk through those hard things with it. But I've been so encouraged by people in our life who have walked through very difficult things with children, everything from disease to mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. where they have just, or even just children who've walked away from the Lord. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is maybe the hardest thing you can possibly walk mm-hmm. through yeah. as a follower of Jesus and watching their strength mm-hmm. and watching them walk through a storm that is our worst fear, Yeah, you know, and just lean on Jesus yeah. and know that he's got them. Yeah. That he has got them. Well, I do think Heather, it's so important for those of us already in adult world mm-hmm. to remember how much we're influencing our kids. Yeah. So if, if for whatever reason, God has allowed us to walk through a storm, if you're walking through a storm right now and you have children, your children are watching your every move. Yeah. And the way you're acting and responding most likely is going to determine a lot for their future. Yeah. Are your eyes on Jesus? Mm-hmm. Are you going, God, this is hard mm-hmm. and I don't like this mm-hmm. and this feels unfair. This feels um, too hard. Yeah. But are you going, but God, I still trust you. Yeah. Are they seeing you still have that faith yeah. on the rock of Jesus? Yeah. Or are they seeing you sink yeah. into despair, mm-hmm. into discouragement Mm -hmm. into into, habits, bad habits, wrong choices. That's right. Misprioritizing things in your life. And that's for me, I so often, you know, I don't do it perfectly, but I I think all the time, okay, this is a situation that is hard and that I'm not happy about. Mm -hmm. But when my kids face, if they face something like this, I want them to be able to look back and go, man, mom and dad walked through something like that and look how they handled it. Yeah. Like they, their faith was strong in yeah. Jesus. Like yeah. they weathered a lot yeah. and they did it with, with Jesus and God's And that word. is, is hard to do because yeah. your kids 
it's like you have a constant video camera on yourself. Yeah. They're watching every single move you make. And I often think about, you know, when we see something, and I would say this is really true, especially of parents of younger children and middle school age children. Um, By the time they're in high school and college age, you know, they've really established kind of their own personalities and who they are and their own thoughts. I mean, at some point they, they start thinking for themselves very strongly. for sure. But as uh, younger children in your home, if you see behavior in them Mm. that you don't like, (laughs) I would say there's a pretty good chance Mm -hmm. you need to go look in the mirror. Yes. And then deal with your behavior. Yeah. Before you deal with theirs. Yeah. Because it's almost always them copying something they've seen in you. Yes. Could be anything from whining Mm -hmm. and complaining Mm -hmm to saying bad words, Mm -hmm. to um, being on their screens too much, to not loving others, (laughs) being unkind, bullying. Mm -hmm. If they are continually hearing you bad mouth, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't think they're listening. They are listening. If they're continually hearing you bad mouth, your spouse or other people, people, your boss, and you think, well, why are they being a bully at school? Why are they getting in trouble for that? Go Mm -hmm. look in the mirror. Yeah. Super convicting. But I, I do think that's where it has to start. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't, we can't um, overlook those discipline moments that have to happen. But I do love what you said, Heather. It's got to start with us. Yeah. Because really that's probably the root. Yeah. They've learned it somewhere. They have. Yeah. This is so funny. We The other day we were down in our schoolroom and we have a really big schoolroom. Mm-hmm. And so Jules and I were sitting on the couch reading a book. She mm-hmm. was reading to me. And Bennett was over in the other corner of the room practicing his guitar. Okay. okay. Not a quiet thing. <laughs> yes. Right? So I just needed chocolate, like desperately needed chocolate. And I said to Jules, quietly, hey, Jules, would you run upstairs and see if there's any of those M&Ms left? (laughs) Then it stops playing his guitar and goes, I wish we had some peanut (laughs) M&Ms. And Jules and I whip our heads around and we said, how did you hear that? (laughs) And Bennett's like, I have really good hearing. And I said, you hear everything, don't you? Yeah. And he goes, yep. And it was sort of this light bulb moment. I knew that, but it was sort of this reminder of like, he is listening to everything we say. So guarding our words, Mm -hmm. making sure our conversation around them is appropriate, making sure it's, you know, um, that we're speaking kindly of people and encouraging one another, building each other up. But seriously, it's like my son has a megaphone on his ear. (laughs) Mom used to say that. She used to say that, you know, we would all be like on a different level of the house and (laughs) she'd try to sneak some M&Ms because she was a mom of seven kids and needed a moment. And we would hear like the tinkling of the jar. There's there's no sound like M&Ms. There isn't. You you reach in the bag and you cannot be quiet about it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So good. Okay. Let's slam a couple more topics in here really quick about parenting. Um, One thing that we have to do in our family. You know how kids kind of try to play mom and dad, you know? Oh, 100%. Hey, dad, you know, it's, hey, okay, guys, it's bath time. Hey, dad, can I just go have a snack really, really fast? Right, and every parent has, like, their soft spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, buddy, get in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Okay, come downstairs to mom who's doing dishes. Hey, mom, can I just have a snack really, really quick? Mm-hmm. Well, what did dad say? Well, dad said no. So we've started to do this thing in our family where – and I know my husband well enough to know, like, daddy probably didn't send you down here to get a snack with the bath running, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's bath time. Right. So, um, well, dad said no. So we've started to say, you know, if daddy said no, I cannot say yes because mm-hmm. we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And so, and then sometimes later, even if I don't understand Kip's decision, right? you know, I've got to stick get with, back. I've got to get his back. Yep. I've got to be on his side yep. and then have those moments later where it's like, why were you, why yeah. are you so like adamant about that? Yeah. Um, but without the kids around. Yes. Having to have that communication mm-hmm. to go like, hey, and it's not about the banana, but hey, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. why you're coming down on that side of the line. Can we talk about this? Yeah. And then maybe maybe it is that there needs to be an adjustment, or maybe it is like, okay, I really do see your right. the value in so that good. and why you did that. That's so good. So that's one thing that we with littles are trying to implement. You know, like don't don't put us against each other. That's right. It's not fair. It's not fair to you kiddos because yeah. you need us to be unified. Yeah. And it's not fair to us 
Because then a lot of times it's like, well, honey, I just said no to that. Well, it pits you against each other and it yeah. creates that tension. tension that's not good. Right. Not, not good tension. There's there's tension that's awesome, that's great. But yeah. that you know, and then you have to battle through. Then that's what Satan is distraction. Yes. Satan trying to get at your marriage through your kids, yes. putting you against each yeah. other. That's really good. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about seasons mm. in parenting. Um, you and I are in very different seasons right now. We mm-hmm. were in the same season for a very short time. Yep. Um, it felt like mm-hmm. where we were both in naps and mm-hmm. and some littles um, because my kids are a little bit older than yours, mm-hmm. but now we're in very different seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to forget that seasons are often very short, mm-hmm. that there comes a season for a while where you're you know, planting the seed Mm -hmm. and then there's a season of growth and then there's a season of harvest. Mm -hmm. It's seasons in all of our lives and all of the things, but the same is true with parenting. And I remember being a mom with a three-year-old and a newborn baby and neither of them took naps at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was like if one was sleeping, the other one was awake and I was exhausted. And I remember putting on Facebook, I'm never going to get a nap again. (laughs) And a mom, a seasoned mom ahead of me said, hang in there, Mm -hmm. you will. And in that moment, I was like, there's no way. I know it's not going to happen. I'm exhausted. I just need a nap. I want a nap today. I need my kids to sleep at the same time. Well, now fast forward nine years later Mm -hmm. and I can take a nap anytime I want during the day, I mean, (laughs) relatively speaking, in the midst of our busy lives, because my kids are old enough to stay up by themselves. That's right. And I get a nap and I still have the same two kids. Yes. So the season has shifted and changed. And I think, and there, but there's hard things about the season I'm in now, you know, and so remembering that the seasons change Mm -hmm. quickly Mm -hmm. and, and your struggle right now will end, but there will be a new one Yeah. and not getting so bogged down on what you know, find solutions, mm-hmm. ask for help mm-hmm. in whatever it is that you need help in that season, mm-hmm. but it will end. It will change. Yeah. I like that, Heather. I, I, I think that that's so important because it can feel very overwhelming in the season you're in for whatever's hard in yes. it. Yes. You know, you get fixated on that. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, we were having a conversation with Crosley about the things he was missing about his old house. Mm. And I said, okay, buddy, like we've had multiple conversations now and I'm okay to have those conversations to remember and mm-hmm. to think, but not to sit in that negativity. Right. And so I said, okay, buddy, like we've talked a lot now about what you miss. Let's talk about the things that you like about your new space. Mm, and I, I think we as parents have to do that. Yes. We've got to go, okay, these are the negative things about this season. These are the things that are hard. These are the things I need help with. Yeah. But these are the things that I that love. I love. And, that's, and that's exactly, we have to do that to ourselves. Yeah. We have to sort of be our own cheerleaders yeah. and remind ourselves what is good about this season. Yeah. Okay. So on that note with seasons, I think as moms, we all, these are this is for all of you sweet listeners, we all have to be super cautious about not putting down the people that are behind us. Yes. I, I hear it a lot. In, yeah. in fact, when I was a new mom, there was a woman in my life that did it to me all the time. Mm. And um, it was interesting to me because she had a few kids Mm -hmm. and she would say to me almost every week, oh, just wait till you have three. Yeah. Or just wait till you have four. Yeah. And, oh, it's it's nothing compared to having four. Yeah. Like saying one wasn't hard because she had three or four. And I wanted to say to her, oh, really? Have you ever had a child go through four surgeries in four months? You (laughs) haven't? Okay. Well, then let let me talk to you about hard. Did you say that? No, because that wouldn't have been very much like (laughs) Jesus. But I thought it. So then I had to, you know, repent in my own spirit and deal with all that. (laughs) But... But like, let's be cautious not to put down yes. moms and dads yes. that are in a season we've already walked through. Mm-hmm. Because one, that's just arrogance yeah. to not remember like how hard it that was. That was hard. Yeah. You know? And and then just to think like they're this is their first time they've ever this walked is through their this. Journey. You know, they might have one little baby and to them that's the hardest thing they've ever yeah. done. Because it is. And it was for us too. Yeah. 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 So I think yeah. like always encouraging, find yes. that. You know, even if you think like, oh, honey, you have got it so easy right now. Yeah. You need to be finding like, okay, what is the encouragement I can pour into this moment? Or what are the tips I can give them that might make their season easier? Yeah, that's so you know? good. And remembering that when you've done it a little bit longer, you're a little more experienced. And so you're able to handle yeah. something that when you're a first-time mom, your first-time parent seems like the end of the Could world. Could be overwhelming. Yeah. Because I do think as you parent longer and you you do have, as your, as your family grows, your capacity grows. Absolutely. Your your ability to function with a little more chaos, right. a little more busyness, um, right. and learn how to keep the plates spinning, if you will. And I remember not very long after I posted that post on Facebook, my children started napping 
simultaneously mm. and they would nap for like two or three hours. And literally every afternoon we would shut out the world, yeah. all of us. Yeah. We would climb into our bed, mm-hmm. pull the blinds. It'd be dark. We'd mm-hmm. turn off my our phone, you know, my phone mm-hmm. and we would sleep. And yeah. it was like, I still to this day remember back to those mm-hmm. nap days where we all slept and took naps and they yeah. were wonderful and lovely. And it wasn't, it was a few months yeah. after that, yeah. like tr- you know, dramatic the world is ending yeah. post that I put on Facebook. Yeah. That's good. So don't get stuck at that negative negative table. Yeah, don't push away. Don't, don't sit at that table. And and I also think too, don't be afraid to go to seasoned parents ahead of you. Mm-hmm. People who've already walked a path. It doesn't mean you have to do everything exactly the no. way that they say Mm-mm. it. It means go just glean from what they've walked through. Ask their wisdom, ask their advice. It's one of my most favorite things to do when mm-hmm. I'm in public. I do that too. Is to find people. I do it about marriage and parenting. Yep. Like give me your, you know, if, if it comes up in conversation, like how long have you been married? Give me your best mar- marriage advice. Yeah. Give me your best parenting advice mm-hmm. because I want to learn from, that's biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, Timothy talks about that. Mm-hmm. The older women teaching the younger women, yeah. the older men instructing the younger men. I want to learn from what they've walked mm-hmm. through, maybe adjust it a little bit to fit my family and yeah. my values and my children. But I really value someone who's already walked a path that I've walked down. Absolutely. Um, and that that's, there's so much um, wisdom in doing that. That's so good, Heather. This has been a fun chat. I know. I love talking about parenting. I do too. It's a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, I think just to know this gift that we've been entrusted with, this responsibility yeah. that we get to guide these children onto this path to yeah. love and follow Jesus. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we sort of wove that in through a lot of our conversation, but really that is the most important yeah. thing that you can ever, you can ever do. And yeah. we talked a little bit about this. I think about the dream that I had mm-hmm. um, on our last podcast, but Chris and I actually started a ministry mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago called building 58. And we're just getting ready to release a podcast that I tell the whole story of that dream. Okay. And it involves a calling on your family and and recognizing what what God has called you to as individuals and as a couple, but also as a family mm, and that. beginning to talk about that with your mm-hmm. children. So if you want to check that out. It's like casting can... vision for your kids. Yes. Which, what's our goal? And that's, yeah. that's what we're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. And, and I do think it's important to remember the years we're called to raise our kids is relatively small. They really are. Um, and I think, like I look at mom, our parents I now. Know. And they're so intentional to be involved in their grandkids' lives. Yes. You know, they're out in Washington, D.C., pouring into those, um, their grandbabies there. And then when they're here, they're pouring into our babies yeah. all the time. And they are so intentional. So here they, they've raised kids for almost 40 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've got their youngest son in college still, yeah. getting ready to graduate. Crazy. And they're still helping pour into us. But Loving it's just such a kids. different season. It really is. You and know? you know, mom says, and I think dad would probably say this too, but she says often, I would go back and do it all over again. Mm. You know, and that, what a testament because we both know raising children is no joke. No. And she raised seven. They raised seven. Yeah. And she says, I would do it all over again. Yeah. What a beautiful testament of God's faithfulness in their lives. Well, she's really incredible. I mean, they, both of our parents, but you know, I picture mom, like she's got one of those big foam fingers on all the time. Yeah. You know, cheering us on, cheering us on and just loving her kids and, and, um, really holding our arms up, you know, in whatever season we're in going, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Yeah. How can I be your biggest cheerleader? Yeah. It's, it's such a valuable thing. So even as a 35 year old, just how much I love and respect our Mm -hmm. parents, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think remembering all these little things you're doing now with your little children, Mm -hmm. someday that payoff is going to be great Mm -hmm. when that your respect for them is so great. When your love for them is so great. When, you know, like I have the ability to go to mom and say, okay, mom, like texting her during the 99 minute meltdown. Yeah. I feel like I'm not going to make it right now. And she's like, you are stay strong. Yeah. Remember you're the authority, you know, do this in love, but keep at it. And if you have teenagers remembering, they will come back to Mm -hmm. you. They will, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've walked through watching, um, our siblings, all of us Mm -hmm. went through a season where, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily call it like rebellion, but just this idea that, we know better than our parents. Mm-hmm. And I I also watched, since I was the oldest, I got to watch every single one of them go through this. <laughs> yeah. And I went through it too. Yeah. I just don't didn't watch myself go through it. <laughs> 
at a certain stage, we mm-hmm. all come back and we're like, oh. Like the light bulb Like goes mom on. and dad do know what they're talking yeah. about. Like mm-hmm. hang in there with mm-hmm. your teenagers. Yeah. They might pretend to hate you right now, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. They love you and they yeah. desperately need you yeah. to be a voice, an authority, authoritative voice in their life and a cheerleader voice in their life. Someone yeah. who believes in them and they will come back to you. And and pray. And pray. Pray. Pray as if your you, life depends <laughs> your children's on lives depend on it. Get yeah. on your face. Yeah. Get on your face and pray because that is the most powerful thing you can do. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening. If you've got any specific questions about parenting or anything we said, please feel free to hit our social media on Instagram or Facebook and you can ask us and we will respond um, and let us know if there's anything we can pray for you this week because we absolutely will. Today's sponsor is Pure Bliss Hair Studio and Day Spa, located in Peoria, Illinois. This is the actual spa that I go to to get my hair done, and I love it. I love their environment. Um, Their staff at the front is so friendly and welcoming. Um, I know some of their names and some of their stories, and they have so many outstanding services. Their, Their cuts and their colors, they're in an Aveda salon, so they've got outstanding products that you will love. They've also got amazing massage services Mm. and facials. So if you are feeling tired or stressed out, you need a little bit of a break, Mm -hmm. definitely reach out and you can get all their information on our social media sites. And also they are offering any first time guest a discount code. If you tell them that the H&H Hour sent you, they will give you 20% off of your service. That's amazing. And they have a website. You can go on and see all of their services that they offer. Um, Again, it's Pure Bliss Hair Studio and Day Spa in Peoria, Illinois. Heidi, we all need to treat ourselves with a little bit of special attention now and then. Some TLC. Yes. Just take care of ourselves and go out and have a girl's day. Yeah. We also would like to thank beauty counter and consultant Rosie Boone. Rosie has hosted a couple of parties for friends of ours and shown us her great products and mm-hmm. uh, products that you can put on your skin and know that you're not putting toxins on your skin. Yeah. You know, our, our skin absorbs so much of what we put on it. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes like I want all the toxins on my face to get rid of the wrinkles, <laughs> but no, not really. I really don't. Uh, yeah. um, I want to be putting things on my skin that I know is not going to go into my body and, and cause disease and harmful things. Yeah, so when Rosie was showing us the products, one thing I love that she said, she said, she's like, I don't know, maybe this is vain, but she's like, my sisters and I would not use this if it didn't actually work. Mm. She's like, because we want to use products that actually works. Right. And so I did love that, yes. you know, she does, she's like, this is stuff we really do use and we really do like. So I thought that was sweet and, and cute I, that she mentioned that. I love that really people are paying so much more attention now to what they're putting in their body, what they're putting on their bodies right? Um, and what we're doing. And, it, and it's so biblical too. You know, our yeah. bodies are a temple and we are to really watch out for that and think about those things so you can find rosie's information on our social media sites and also at beauty counter forward slash rosalie boone 